Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. If you're joining us for the first time today, I want you to stop, take another look at the episodes that dropped today. You may be on the bonus episode, the second episode that came out. Yeah. Go back and check it out. We dropped two episodes today. This is just bonus material. And let's talk a little bit about the bonus material. Yeah, stop, calibrate, and listen. <laughs> I have Andrew with me uh, for this bonus episode. Hey, Andrew, man, what's going on, dude? Hey. We are here at Infinite Rabbit Hole are working on getting you guys a lot more material. So these bonus episodes are part of our future plans that we have to help build the Infinite Rabbit Hole name, if you will. Um, this is all going to be a way that you can help support the podcast and also get bonus material. And when we refer to bonus material in the future, you know, every once in a while, we're going to throw out a bonus episode for everybody. But this is what we're talking about. We're going to give you additional conversations uh, that go along with episodes that just came out. So when we say, hang tight for some bonus material, this is a good example of exactly what you're going to get. And earlier on today, we released an episode on the National Park Mysteries that we covered in season one. We dropped part three today. We purposely left out one case. And we're going to talk about that right now. A bonus case, if you will, right? And we're going to talk a little bit about little Douglas Leg, a.k.a. Dougie. Douglas was eight years old. He went missing on July 10th, 1971 at the Santanoni Preserve in Newcomb, New York. And again, if you haven't listened to the first episode today, go back and listen to it, National Park Mysteries Part 3, The Adirondack Mountain. This case also takes place in the Adirondack Mountains in New York. Douglas was roughly 4 foot 6 inches tall, 76 pounds, and was referred to as a, as a mini woodsman because he was so enthralled with the outdoors, as many young boys are at 8 years old. I know when I was 8, I used to love playing outdoors. Nah. No, nah. I was the dinosaur kid. Oh. <laughs> I love dinosaurs and digging. My son is also the dinosaur kid, but he goes outside and plays dinosaur. Dude, he, oh man, my youngest is a female, and she gets pulled with him all the time and gets forced to play dinosaurs. Yeah, man. <laughs> But she loves it too. She plays along. As long as they can play dolls, like it's funny. They have this collaboration that they do between dinosaurs and Barbies. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, dinosaur Barbie, that's awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I would I would put a T Rex in a dress, man. <laughs> okay. Sure, man. Let's let's talk about this this case, right? So Eight-year-old Douglas Legg began a hike with his relatives when his uncle told him to go back to camp and put on some long pants. His uncle was aware that poison ivy was prevalent on the trails that they were about to walk on. The hike back to the camp was roughly a half a mile. As Douglas approached the camp, he passed his older brother and his cousin roughly 50 yards away from the building. After that, nobody seen Douglas ever again. The family searched for hours, 
after they realized that Douglas was missing. As the sun was going down, the family phoned in the information about the missing child. Locals from around the town came out to search for the child throughout the night as the temperatures began to plummet. The next day, the formal search began as it seemed like everyone around assisted in the search for the missing person. State forest rangers searched with teams of dogs, multiple helicopters were deployed, and the Air Force Base in Plattsburgh sent planes with thermal imaging capabilities to assist in the search. Over 600 individuals assisted in the search for Douglas. During the formal search, the temperature dropped to 40 degrees Fahrenheit in the evenings, making it harder for Douglas if he were still alive. The only sign of Douglas in the first few days of the search was a trail that was picked up by one of the bloodhounds that ended at the edge of a swampy pond. After draining and dragging the pond, nothing was found, no sign of Douglas. On day five, sneaker tracks were found about two miles away around Ward Pond, but the recent rainfall didn't allow for the dogs to pick up any scent to follow. Douglas's search was officially called off after six weeks of searching. So, what do you think? How can you be like a expert hiker at like that age, right? Well, I think that they were mostly just referring, what did they say, a mini woodsman. So, like, if I'm explaining some to somebody about one of my kids, like, let's say my, my son, he's the dinosaur boy, right? I mean, he in no way, shape, or form is a paleontologist, but he loves dinosaurs. So I'm going to refer to him as, you know, he's um, he's dinosaur fanatic. I think that this was just like a play word that they used to describe him. Like this kid liked to go outside. I know when I was younger, I used to go out and build forts, build bike trails throughout the woods, do all kinds of really cool stuff. If my dad were to call me the mini woodsman, I could see where he got it from. I'm in no way, shape, or form a professional. But I go out there and I have fun. And that's what I'm known for. I think that's what they're kind of referring to with that name. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So if he was like a mini woodsman, right? And obviously trained by parents to to be a better woodsman than what he would be. Wouldn't there be like tricks that you would learn for? Especially if he's a kid, like they would teach him safety stuff. like okay, if you get lost, you should do X, Y, Z, right? Um, I'm not really a woodsman, but I know moss only grows on one side. Like, it always points to one direction, right? Um, as far as I'm not exactly sure as what the validity of that is. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing about being lost, right, um, is to stay still. So, like, if you are lost in a woods, right, it is going to be harder for someone to find you if you're moving around. Like, you're supposed to camp in an area, even though it doesn't seem like if you hear something, like, you want to go to the sound, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, the human mind plays tricks, even at a young age or an old age. Like, once you're, if you're ever sleep deprived or something, you'll start seeing, like, shadows, right? And especially if you're out in the woods, and even if you are experienced or not experienced, it's easy to get lost in any type of wood, uh, even if you know the area, because 
are you there every day? Like maybe a tree fell down and maybe rocks got moved or something from like the path that you had. Like the only, mm-hmm. like people get lost in cities where you have like GPS and block, like, and that seems like it would be harder to get lost in, but it still happens. Right. So right. being a, an eight year old, um, or a nine-year-old, what is it, eight or nine, around that age, um, I feel like you, even if you were smart enough for it, like, you would put a mark in a tree. If you could mark a tree, you'd rip bark off or, like, put up sticks to make a sign or something. Or uh, if you heard running water, you'd go to the water or something. Like, you you would do something or or figure out one way or another like maybe uh and i know that was a thing that um you scare away animals by making like loud noises or something like that but like you also make the loud noises to help uh people find you right so a bear's not gonna i don't think like a bear would be incentive incentivized to come towards you if you're like smacking a stick against something I could be like, I'm gonna be stepping away from that stick smacking person. Mm. Do you feel that? I, I don't know. I feel like the there's got to be some some <clears throat> thing or, or or technique or something. Like, do what if you get lost? Is it is it prone to like hugging a tree or something like that? Is that like mm. a thing or? So here's here's my thoughts on it. Right. Yeah. Got to take into consideration, like you were saying, that this kid is only eight years old. My oldest is is nine. She's going to be ten soon, and I know that she doesn't have a lot of experience out in the woods, sadly, because I'm a terrible parent. Um, but if she were to get lost, I don't know if she would have the know how. And even if I were to train her to mark trees or leave the, a, a crumb trail to yeah, get back to where she right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You get it. Um, I don't know if she's going to know to do it. So this is this is what it sounds like happened, right? Is that he went, he got his clothes on, he got dressed, he went back to the trail. My curiosity says, were the people that he was going hiking with, did they continue to walk? Or did they stay still for him? I was unable to find this. Uh, again, this happened a very long time ago, so any new information isn't going to be there. But I assume that they must have kept walking and came across a fork in the path where they went one way and he went another. They eventually got to a point where he had gone so far that he lost track of where he was. Another thing that could have happened was that you know, like we had talked about in the previous episode with uh, Tom, is that could have had an animal attack. Um, you know, this kid was only eight years old. If there was an eastern mountain lion still around, which I quickly did a, a Google search, by the way, apparently the last eastern, the last recorded eastern cougar in the United States was in May in 1938, which was actually it was 
if it's 38, was, then yeah. this this happened in what 1970 something. Seven, yeah, 71. So that was yeah. you know 28 years. I mean, but they're 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 still finding uh, trail cam footage of these creatures and stuff around. So who knows? I mean, it, this sounds like. I mean, if this if this poor kid was taken by an animal, I mean, it could have been anything. But if you want a stealth stealthy animal. That's going to take them out without anybody noticing. It's probably going to be a cat. Um, but to to kind of go back a little bit, let's hit the reverse button. I don't think, no matter how good this kid knows the outdoors, that an eight year old is going to have the cognitive ability to be able to find his way. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that that's something he's not going to think about survival skills. He's, you know, eight years, eight years old, man, he's out there playing army men and stuff. He's probably, you know, he's probably got a stick in his hand, using it as a rifle and shooting off in the woods. Boom, boom. You know, like we used to do as kids and stuff, or he's got a stick and he's using it as a sword and he's getting lost and just not paying attention to the trail. And, he looks up after playing a round of, you know, G.I. Joe or whatever they did in 1971, and he's lost. He doesn't know where he is. I, th- I think that's most likely what happened here. Um, I don't think there's a lot to this case. Now, I mean, well, also, I guess it would be on the parents, right? Is it bad parenting that, like... Oh, this they- is horrible. By the uncle? Yeah. Oh yeah, this is, dude. Uh, if I'm a half a mile away from my camp, I'm not sending an eight year old back by themselves. Yeah. I mean, really think about it. Think about how far a half a mile is, right? And now you're in the middle of the woods with a trail, and you're sending an eight year old child back. I mean, obviously the kid made it back because he ran into his brother and his cousin but obviously the brother and cousin didn't wait for him the brother and yeah. cousin went forward and met up with the uncle but he didn't make it back to his uncle this was horrible horrible decision by this man um a little bit more information so let's talk about why I don't think that this kid was properly trained in any way, shape, or form when it came to the woods, or do I think his parents or his uncle had any formal training themselves either. I did a little bit of research into the Santa Noni Preserve. Now, the Santa Noni Preserve it was the camp that the family was staying at. It was actually owned by Douglas's mother's parents. It's an estate. It's a luxur- luxurious estate. It's huge. Really big. Uh, very nice. I was looking at pictures of it on the internet. Uh, it's The property is almost 13,000 acres. Um, and the, the land is a, is a mixture of dense forests, swamps, and bogs. Um, <clears throat> a little bit of history about the place itself. After Douglas had gone missing, the the family ended up selling it to the New York Forest Rangers. And 
they actually lost it to the state of New York. And now the, the Santononi uh, estate is actually a one of the uh, historical site. You actually hmm. have to you have to hike five miles from the closest road to get to it. Uh, the pictures of it are beautiful. It's actually a very, very beautiful place. And this is not like your normal everyday campground. This isn't like they they weren't staying in tents. This is Douglas came from some money. Okay. And if you know I don't I don't wanna throw assumptions out there or anything, but like if I were to assume something is that if a young man, eight years old, comes from money Right, and they're out there in a luxurious estate in the middle of the New York woods. I'm assuming he doesn't spend a lot of time in the woods, and that 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 little descriptive name that they used, the Mini Woodsman, mm-hmm. was extremely false. And Douglas was probably pampered a little bit more than people think. Right. And again, I hate to you know assume stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't mean no, to no. do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could be, um... Hey everybody, bear with us while we take this quick break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Like everyone, every parent thinks the the most of their child, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, when you are describing things about your uh, child, you you always uh, bolster, right? Because it's human nature, like you don't want to be like, "Yeah, my kids are f up" or whatever. Like you want to be saying the strengths or like more to the strengths, right? Exactly. What do you think? Um, the well, I don't know if you you saw there was um in nineteen ninety six there was uh, a claim by a woman that uh, one of her family members kidnapped and killed uh Dougie um and yes. dumped and dumped the body in uh lake in Lewis County right I actually did read this um she she was in a psychiatric ward or she was an escapee and she was having some sort of uh false memory that that she had and she must have seen it in like a news report or a newspaper then immediately attached herself to the story and created this elaborate story. Um, is that what you found? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there, there's another one about a, a Navy sailor who was on leave. Um, and he actually, you know, I, I, I know how this, this uh, process goes when you want to take leave from the Navy, you have to type, you have to write down every place that you're going to be, you know, addresses and everything. And apparently this gentleman uh, was not where he had stated he was going to be. He was near this, uh, this, this estate. Um, and he actually 
I think he said he tripped over human remains out in the middle of the woods. Mm. Um, and he never reported it because if he had reported it, he would have been in trouble with the Navy. Right. Um, which is true. <laughs> he definitely would have been in trouble with the Navy. Um, until he found, a, you know, years later when he heard about Douglas's uh, uh, missing person report. And then he finally, he actually, he's from Montana and he flew all the way out to New York to help officials try to relocate the body that he saw when he was in the military uh, and they were unable to, to find anything. Yeah. I mean, like I always worried about, cause it was in the seventies, right? So there wasn't as much media presence as there is nowadays or like sure. big brother looking at you. So um, who's to say that uh, they didn't see a blonde haired uh, kid Right or a young young kid that could be easily say uh, taken and sold into like a slave trafficking or, or stuff like that because I know that's like a, a worry that people have even nowadays. Uh, CJ actually uh, using his experience almost had his kid abducted um, when he was out at a park right by his house, like literally uh, two guys where uh one was walking towards his him and his kid and uh, it's a scary thought that like he kind of shoot like got him away from him but uh the he's the park was like a had a one way through so the guy came from one side and then a truck came like screeching up next to it that the guy got into the truck. Uh, And it seems like had CJ not done his like parent duty, like they were coming for a kid and that kid would have been thrown in the truck and taken away. (sighs) Something like that just seems like, okay, you're out in a forest, right? You're clearly separated from everyone. It's just you. So even if it's a uh, human element, like well, we could also say uh, animal element, right? Because right. it's a small being, like as four six. It, it's still four six is a fairly tall person. Uh, like that's what the equivalent for, for yeah for like. Uh, I, and I think that's is four eight. The classification for a midget, or is it four four know. five? I think this kid four, was also only seventy six pounds. Remember that, so he's a, yeah. he's a rail. Yeah, I think it's four five. Uh, if you're four feet five inches, uh, that is the cl- the highest you can be or tallest you can be to not be classified as a uh, uh, a little person, right? Or um, so this kid was a bigger, like skinny, lengthy looking kid uh, at. Uh, and I don't know, like the, it seems like it would be ideal prey for, uh, a bigger, a bigger animal. I don't think any lesser animal would take him out, but like nothing was found, right? There was no bodies. There was no like clothing, no, uh, pants or something. No fractured skull. It was just gone. Right, that was that's what the reports were. Yep, that's yeah. it. So, if it was an animal, 
it was a person like it definitely covered it its tracks or hit it or maybe this uh kid also fell underneath a tree and <laughs> since cj's not here maybe oh, it, it could have been uh the fact that um like uh fey or aliens or something like it, it could always be uh, a creature right something this size like playing to you if it was uh bigfoot just sees it as a morsel or a snack or something comes and grabs it i i pretty much already put out my opinions about it i think this he was probably playing around on his way back to meet up with his uncle and got lost unfortunately um <clears throat> being lost in the woods is no joke especially when you're eight years old uh, poor kid um unfortunately most likely ended way too shortly um unless he's now living with somebody else um who had kidnapped him uh even then you know i'd still feel horrible either way there's there's no happy ending to this one um and some kid either ended his life early or is living with a family that's not his, you know, his rightful family. And that's horrible. Um, but I do think that this is just a case of a kid being a kid and a, an uncle that didn't quite make the the best that day. Yeah. And, I, and the uncle probably beats himself up about it, but like, I'm just going to say like something my grandfather always taught me, like, um you can't make a person a good parent right and you can't make a person good whatever like it's easy to become a parent like that's not hard to do but like it's hard to willing to sacrifice for your kid or your kid's enjoyment or their kid's safety right because there's right. a lot that you have to do as a parent for it mm you have to suffer for their uh well-being not all the time but like whether it's man hours so they have food on their back or like uh exercise like this uncle could have done the 50 feet or 50 yards that he needed to and walk back with his kid rather than just be like oh man like you got, you got the wrong pants on. Go change your pants. You could have been like, oh, you got the wrong pants on. Let me go back. And maybe I could get a snack when I'm back there or something. I hate this case. I hate things that deal with kids, man. I'm a father of three and just ugh, leaves a horrible taste in your mouth. Yeah. Anyways, if anybody listening wants to add to the conversation either from this episode or from the main episode that we dropped today, please feel free to reach out to us at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com or reach us on any of our socials. Uh, Andrew, you got anything else to put out, man? Uh, no. Um, again, uh, if you guys are feeling down and out, please reach out to um, your respective friends, family, there are hotlines to talk. Um, just don't let yourself get to that point where you think there's nothing else to do. There, There is always uh, some 
way or some uh, reason to continue on. Absolutely. 100% agree. Take care of yourselves out there, everybody. Um, and if you're curious about what bonus material sounds like, this is it. We're going to be continuing conversations through other means eventually coming up soon, most likely for season three. Be ready for some pretty big announcements coming with the, well, the season premiere of season three. We'll be putting on some pretty big stuff. Season two has been an absolute blast. We had some, some cast members leave. We gained some cast members and had a great time. And we're going to roll right into next week talking about Project Blue Beam for our season finale. It is going to be an absolute wild ride. We're going to talk about some really deep stuff with uh, a good buddy of ours from the Shadow Band podcast, Jeff. He is a conspiracy theorist at heart. Um, and you guys are going to really enjoy what this man has to say. And he is going to blow your mind, as as I think we're all going to. We're going to talk about one of our first ever real deep worldwide conspiracies. And we'll see you there. Andrew, thanks for coming out with me today. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, I know CJ had the bounce in between recording the last episode and this bonus episode, but that's okay. We got about 30 minutes uh, bonus content for everybody out of this, and uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it. And yet again, thank you for joining us on this episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. We'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash infinite rh. Follow us on Instagram at infinite underscore rabbit underscore hole. We're always looking for someone that has a story to share. So if you feel like you've experienced a strange encounter with something that you can't explain, reach out to us. Let us know. Come on. Have a good time. Tell your story. And if for some reason you don't want to show up on a podcast, send us a letter in our email in a format that we can read to the fans, and we'll be more than happy to read it to everybody. Well, that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time down the infinite rabbit hole.